Hi, it's James Courtney, driver of Car 44, the Boost Mobile Mustang, and you're listening to The Podium. This is The Podium, where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport, and we're joined right now with a guy that drives one of the Tickford Racing Ford Mustangs. It is James Courtney. James, thanks so much for joining us on The Podium. Well, thanks for having me. Well, James, it's been a very busy period for you and all the supercar teams. Talk us through what the past few weeks have been like for you guys being constantly on the road. Um, yeah, we've just been living in hotels. So it's, um, yeah, it's nothing unusual. We've sort of been doing it for since I was 14. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just obviously um, for a lot of the younger guys haven't really probably spent that much time away from home as what. But yeah, for me, it's um, yeah, it's something that I've sort of been used to previously. But uh, yeah, the hardest thing is probably the bo- on the boys servicing the cars, and and you know, obviously that's everyone spending that time away from their families. With all you know, a lot of them have got kids and things like that, which is tough. Um, but uh, yeah, probably after that would be you know servicing the cars and and um, you know not being able to go back to the home base. So thankfully, we haven't had any big dramas with the with the cars, so we haven't had to require any big surgery, so to speak, on them. And, it's, uh, yeah, it's just been you know, a unique experience for some of the guys just sort of getting used to it for the first time. Oh, for sure. And let's go back six months now because this year so much stuff's happened over the course of this year. Let's talk about the Superloop 500 to begin with. Started the season with Team Sydney. Uh, unfortunately, things didn't work out there, unfortunately. What were your memories from that first weekend of the championship, though? Um horrendous the reason why I'm not there <laughs> yeah well yeah um, but yeah there's not really anything that uh, was good coming out of that one so uh, yeah yeah enough that's not, not, not good memory. fair enough fair enough and of course it was announced at the end of that weekend that you'd be leaving the team we had the Melbourne 400 well we almost had the Melbourne 400 Talk about what that weekend was like for you personally, because it was your first supercars event away as a full-time driver at that point in time since your debut in 06. Uh, yeah, so that weekend we were about to announce a deal with another team um, on the same day that it was all called off. So it sort of we held off on the announcement um, to do a program for the end of the year. And then, um, then obviously no one raced for a while and the whole red 23 red thing fell over. So we thought this is a, better opportunity with Peter Addison and Boost and, and whatever. So uh, we just, Peter and, and um, Jason, the guys at Boost Mobile, decided to go down this path and, and um, yeah, I'm glad that we've both hands at Tickford Racing. I think in the end, it's probably, although it was a very shaky and rough start to the year with, you know, with all the drama with the Team Sydney thing and then, you know, obviously yeah, COVID and all that sort of stuff, but it, it's probably panned out for the better for me in the end and, and um, I couldn't probably be in a better position than where I am at the moment. Oh, for sure, yeah. You mentioned all those strange events with everything that happened with COVID and it turned out that you didn't even end up missing any of the races with how things played out in Melbourne. Talk about Sydney Motorsport Park, the very first weekend there. It was your first event with this new team. Weird event, obviously, with no fans being there as well. What was it like for you as a driver? Yeah, I was just... The weirdest part was the first time I drove the car, I got two 20-minute sessions or whatever it was, and then we're straight into qualifying and racing. So the first time I drove the car was the same day I, I qualified the first time the car and raced the car. So it was 
pretty um, interesting experience due to the COVID stuff. I couldn't get down to the teams or even do seat fittings or any of that, or suit fitting, like anything. So it was, I was meeting all the team, everyone on that same day um, as we were racing. So it was a bit of a whirlwind experience. Um, don't really remember too much from that first weekend, apart from it being crazy. Um, and then, you know, from then we could start to build and and um, and move on. But it was uh, it was it was good to be racing again. Um, obviously, I um, didn't want to be sitting on the sidelines and and whatever. It's, um, it was great to be back, part of the team environment. But it was just a matter of, you know, that obviously that those relationship building processes take time, and it was just a matter of trying to fast track all that stuff as quickly as we could to, uh, you know, to to get everything to where we needed it to be to be able to get results. So, the guys at Boost Mobile had put that faith in us. Yeah, well, the other big thing was the switch from going to the Ford Mustang from the Holden Commodore. How did the two cars go together? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, the chassis is the same, but then geometrically in the front, they're very, very different. The engine package is different. Um, you know, the body shape's obviously different. Uh, so ergonomically inside where I sit, quite different. The dash layout is different. The steering wheel layout is different. Um, you know, the center console is different. Where the mirrors are is a little different spot. You only got two doors instead of four doors, so the amount of light and the way that comes in is, is quite different. The blind spots are different. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty near every aspect of it is different. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it's sort of a lot to take in over in a quick period of time. So it was, um, it was, it was pretty... Pretty, uh, had quite a bit of headache after that first day, that's for sure. A top 10 finish during that first weekend there. We mentioned earlier, no fans as well at that event. What was it like for you, different interactions with the environment there? Um, oh, just the way the weekend is, with the way the format's been changed, it's so rapid fire. You don't, you're sort of in and out of the car, so yeah, there's only like an hour between the biggest gap I think we have. So you don't have any interaction so you're not really sitting around doing nothing thinking oh we would normally be doing autograph sessions or things like that so um, the format of the weekend probably takes away from you sort of thinking that there wasn't any fans there um, and I had so much going on that I didn't really even <laughs> notice to be honest just because of the such a crazy period but obviously the next weekend when we rolled there and it was still the same was, was quite more more noticeable uh, things have started to slow down for me, so I sort of started to realise and uh, notice that. So that's looking at our sports in the end is meant we're, we're a show business, we're, we're a show, and uh, when the people aren't there, it's it's, um, it's obviously a very different feeling. So it was nice to get to Darwin and we got up there and had, you know, the, the crowd was much smaller and limited. It was uh, was still nice seeing people in and about and around the track. Yeah, that, that second weekend though at Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah, it was it was a good race too from you there. Unfortunately, you were pipped on the line there for a podium finish. What were the emotions like that weekend? You're obviously very competitive that second time out in the car. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was unfortunate. I would have liked to have had that podium, um, but yeah, we just got pipped at the post there. But yeah, look, it just really it it, um, it, it was it was great feeling. Um, obviously, working pretty closely with the team and and trying to generate the speed the first weekend like I said was was although we got the top 10 I, I wasn't at my best nowhere near where I should be um, it was quite a strong learning process we obviously carried what we learned over on the first weekend and the second one for me and and yeah to get that fourth place was 
was excellent. Um, so the mate, the it was good for all the guys at first, and Peter Adson, who's you know, putting in a lot of money to um, and trust and faith in myself that and with with Pickford, and to be able to reward him was was fantastic. And then obviously then going to um, into Darwin and have the success we has been having there. It's um, you know each weekend it's just getting better and better and better and faster and more competitive and and um, and fantastic to uh, be part of. Yeah, you mentioned Hidden Valley there, second place during that first weekend in that first race. Yeah, what was it like to be back on the podium? You were very emotional after the race. Uh, yeah, it's for different reasons. That um, just I don't know. It's a bit awkward talking to Rihanna when her husband's drive that that I'm in, and he's not. He's sitting on the sidelines at, at, at their house watching. So, um, so that and I've known them both a long period of time. So that's probably that's what sort of triggered that um but yeah I, in the end I'm, I'm a racer i love racing and and um you know that that sort of shows i fight to the death and it was good to be standing on the podium and, and um get that result after being so close at sydney to then get the podium was uh, was great and in that second weekend at hidden valley uh really it was a great strong showing in qualifying as well because the qualifying efforts had been Probably not where you'd like them to be, but to get third place in quality for that first race, you must have been wrapped with that effort. Yeah, it's um, yeah, the, the shootout was excellent. Um, you know, and on that first weekend there, we in Darwin to be uh, the lead ticket car with points, and then did that again last weekend, which is which is good. Um, and then yeah, with the shootout to, to get third, start off the second row was uh, was excellent. Unfortunately, you know, in the in the stop, we didn't quite get the stop nailed and. And Cam just teammate just just jumped us in the in the pits there was was um you know it would have been nice to back up with another podium that next weekend but to uh, have such a strong showing I think our pace is a lot better um you know speed was really good in the last race last weekend we had a little drama in the stop which cost us a little bit of time as well so we like, we should have hopefully we we're planning to jump days and then and then um, we could have made up some more spots but it's so hard to pass there with the way the cars are now and and whatnot so it's um yeah it's still come away from that weekend six on points fourth in the first race got third in the shootout it's uh yeah it's quite um it was a successful one you mentioned the difficulties there with overtaking and things like that in the championship with these cars with so much aero one of the things that supercars has done to try and spice up the racing this year has been changing the tyre allocations for race weekends, what have you made of the tyre rules and what do you think should happen next year? Is that something you think they should implement next season? Yeah, I think it's, the thing is good. It's um, you know, spreading the love. The, the championship where a show business and we need to be entertaining and if the same guys winning every weekend, people switch off and don't watch it and then the, the sponsorship dollars dry up and no one has a job. So it's, um, I think it's a good thing. Um, I think they should do more of that sort of stuff to try and mix up the racing and the grids. Um, just like I said, we're a, we're a show business and we need to be entertaining. And if it's the same bloke winning every weekend, everyone's going to switch off. So with, um, unfortunately, two teams in the pit lane that have a lot to say and a lot of control and manipulate things to the way they want. And, uh, you know, they're the guys that don't need the money. Um, and they're the ones that are getting the large share of, of it. So it's, um, yeah, I think it's a good thing that they mix it up a little. Oh, for sure. It's definitely provided a lot of entertainment for race fans. I want to talk about DJR Team Penske. It's obviously a team that you had a lot of fond memories with back in 2010. 
you won that supercar championship with them, especially at that period as well, because they were struggling financially as well. Talk us through that final weekend of the championship in 2010 and everything that was going on financially for that team and how you guys managed to finish up on top. Uh, well, yeah, we won. That's <laughs> how so you win. Um, we, yeah, the, the, I don't know, being well documented, the team was struggling, like you said, financially, and and um, it was all over, and, and he told everyone to get other jobs because he wasn't going to be able to afford it. Um, bank or whoever was taking the truck after the race meeting, so we weren't to leave anything in there and all this sort of stuff. Um, but then, like the Thursday of that weekend, Steve Brayback, who owned Crimsafe, come and save the day and kept Dick alive. But unfortunately, 12 of the 19 travel staff had already all got other jobs. So, um, so yeah, it's, um, I still I would have loved to have stayed and, and continued on. But, you know, at that time, we got told to pack our bags because it was all over. And, and um, you know, and then Steve came, Brayback came and saved the day. So, you know, it's disappointing that, you know, it's obviously been documented slightly different, but people tell the stories that they decided the story they want and which sounds better for them, paints them in a better light. So it's, um, you know, for me, it, it, it was disappointing. We've just won and had a great weekend and, and um, you know, it sort of tainted a little bit, I suppose, what we had all achieved together. Yeah, well, another memory I want to take you back to is, Back during Europe, you um on the weekend we had the Indianapolis 500. We had Takuma Sato win his second Indy 500. This is a guy that you raced up against as well and took it right to him back in the day when you were over in Europe. And Bobby Rahal, obviously the team owner there, there was talk back in the day that you were very close to lining up in an Indy car with him. Can you explain a little about that with us? Yeah, I was doing, um, I was racing with Jaguar, obviously, Jaguar Formula 1, and their F3 program and testing the F1 car with them. Uh, Ford assigned Bobby to be the figurehead at one point and had louder for a while and then Bobby came in and was running the ship for a while and he you know, talked about us going and doing Champ Car but at the time it was, I think it was there'd been just been a couple of big accidents and my manager didn't think it would be a good idea that I'd go and do it so uh, yeah we decided against doing it at the time. Well, there's a lot of Australians overseas at the moment. You've got Alex Peroni, Oscar Piastri, uh, even Jack Doohan. What advice would you be giving these young guys going up through the ranks in Europe at the moment? Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty tough. They all, they're all living it. They know what it's like now. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people are probably shy away from going overseas because of the unknown and, and um, you know, it takes you know, quite a bit of courage to pack all your stuff up and, and um, head over and, and risk it all, so to speak, to achieve your dream. And, and um, you know, I have to go off to anyone that can put everything on the line like that to, um, you know, to go and, and chase their dreams. So, you know, I think but as for, you know, words of advice, I don't know. Um, yeah, stay out of trouble, I guess. I don't know. It, it's, um, it's a crazy world. I'm sure things have evolved and changed a lot from, when I left when I was 14 and, and um, came back when I was 25, so 26, sorry. So, yeah, I was gone 16 years in Europe um, doing it all and chasing the dream. And, and um, in the end, I realised we had the best touring car category in the world here and Formula 1 was, wasn't the 24 best guys in the world like it was late 80s, early 90s. It was It's turned into probably six good guys and the rest are wallets racing. So... Um, that sort of disappointed me a lot when I got a bit closer and, and um, sort of 
then realised what I had back here in this this championship and touring car championship and came back and I'm probably having more fun now doing this than I did when I was uh, you know, chasing the dream. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, you came back here, the Premier Touring Car Championship of the World. You won a championship. The next round of the championship is at Townsville. You've had a lot of success at Townsville. Why is it that you're so strong at this track and what do you think the tyre deck is going to be like for this weekend? Um, tyre deck is typically a bit higher here than Darwin, so that's good. Um, Results-wise, yeah, it's been very successful here. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a hybrid sort of half street track, half normal, like, sort of racetrack. So it's, um, you know, it's just a lot of boxes for everyone. And, and there's normally a great environment around here, around town when we're, we're up here racing. So it's, um, I love street circuits. I always have had a good run on them in the past. And, and um, you know, the results point that way as well. So pretty excited to see what the Mustang's going to be like around here. Um, and driving it, like a lot of the tracks we've been to, we've sort of, you know, they've been quite flat and fast flowing sort of excuse me circuit. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this thing goes, bouncing out of the curb and hard change of direction, stop start sort of corners that, that street circuits are. So looking forward to the challenge. Well yeah, one of the other big challenges this season is gonna be the Bathurst one thousand. It looks like it's gonna be the final race of the championship season. You're gonna be heading to the mountain, it's gonna be with Brock Feeney. Uh fond memories at the mountain as well. Just a year ago you're on the podium with Jack Perkins there. What are the expectations for the Bathurst 1000? And talk about Brock Feeney as well. You've been mentoring him as well over the past few months? Uh, yeah. Um, when I win the thing, that's why we're all in it and heading over there. So uh, expectation is to win. So we're uh, going there to win. Uh, it's going to be a big call for Brock. And you know, he hasn't done a lot of miles up and around that place. So he's, um, and with the way the, the calendar is now, he hasn't got, got a lot of time in the Super 2 car either. So, it's um it's gonna be a big call for him, big big tough weekend, but um you know, it's gonna be the same for all co drivers in that, you know, there's not a lot of racing for those guys this year. So Brock's smart young kid, he's, he's been doing really well. He's been part of the Boost family for, for a few years now and, and um you know, big part of the Boost mobile program is the youth market and, and um and Brock's definitely got youth on his side compared to me. So it's, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting up there and uh, working with him. But uh, he's, he's, he'll be quick, he'll be fine. Um, and just hopefully we can finish the year on a, on a high. Well, yeah, looking ahead as well as the mentoring, something you want to do more in the future, because you've done a lot with your karting programs and everything for young drivers. Uh, Paul Morris has done something very similar to you with Anton and other drivers. Is that something you want to work on as well going forward? Um, yeah, slightly, slightly different to Paul. Um, those guys, um, I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, he does a little bit of a different sort of setup there with, you know, what they're doing with that Excel program and all that sort of stuff. It's, um, you know, I don't know how good that is for grassroots motorsport with Paul being involved in Triple Eight and all that sort of stuff. It's driving the expense expenses through the roof for those young guys trying to have a go and make a start in grassroots motorsport. Um, but uh, I, I love the mentoring side of things. I think, um, you know, if guys didn't have a crack at for me, I had a lot of people along the way, you know, take a risk in supporting me, and, and um, I'm a big believer in paying it forward. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy helping the, the next group out, and, and uh, realistically, I'm not going to be racing for, a, you know, a long time now. 
um, sort of on the uh, the back end of my career. So, um, you know, trying to transition and, and uh, work out where I go next. And a big part of that is I still want to be involved in motor racing and, and um, you know, that's the way I can do it. And just finally, after the season wraps up this season, it might be at Bathurst, it might be later on, who knows what's going to happen with the calendar. What are the plans for you during the off-season? Are you going to get away and how are you going to unwind after this busy period? And what are the plans for next season? Are you going to stick with Tickford next season? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm loving life at Tickford. I think it's, uh, it's been a great fit for me and Boost. Uh, the guy's doing a great job and, and uh, so no reason to change here. Um, but then also, as for what I do after the season, obviously it all depends on what happens with this COVID, how long it hangs around and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just looking forward to, um, you know, once, once we're, the racing's done, to be able to spend some time with the kids again and, and, um, and yeah, settle back into spending time at home. It's, um, it's been a crazy little period and it's going to be like this, you know, for a good few months again yet. So it's, um, it's going to be weird, but I think we'll, Finishing quite early, so the the, uh, the end of the year is going to be quite strange for motorsport in that you know we won't have anything to do as a as a um, as a sport. So it's um, how we fill that airtime and keep ourselves relevant is uh, is going to be the next challenge. Well, there we go. Awesome stuff there, James. It's been awesome having you on the show, and it's been awesome seeing you right up the pointy end of the field again the past few rounds of the championship, and hopefully plenty more strong performances at Townsville and at the end of the season. No, thanks for having me.